This is The Guardian. Today, the middle-class status symbol that's endangering our lives. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. There's no question that wood-burning stoves create a nice, warm feeling (laughs) in more than one sense. Um, They glow, they emanate heat in in a very tangible way, and you get a sort of sense of deep comfort and connection by sitting beside one and feeling that heat radiating onto you. You you feel like you're doing something that people have done for hundreds of years. George Monbiot writes about the environment for a living. He cares deeply about it. And when it came to refitting his own home, he tried to make careful choices that would have as little impact on the planet as possible. I was living in a pretty draughty house which was quite sort of disaggregated. It was hard to heat it from a single source. I was really trying to get it right and I put a lot of work into getting it insulated, draft proofed, changing the windows, but I still needed a heat source of course and I wanted to get off fossil fuels and so it seemed like the obvious choice to go for wood-burning stoves. It was a choice that many others have made in good faith. And wood-burning fires have certainly been sold to us. In home improvement magazines and TV shows, they're there, a status symbol at the heart of the so-called ideal middle-class living room. It was an expensive decision. In fact, I had to take out a loan in in order to, to afford it. I think including the rebuilding of one of the chimneys that I had to do, the fitting of the flues and the purchase of the stoves, It must have been around £30,000. And then I bought my first load of seasoned wood to go in them. And that was the moment when I began to have my first qualms. Well, since then, I've discovered that wood-burning stoves are among the greatest sources of the most dangerous kind of pollution, which is small particulates. The more George read into the evidence, the more concerned he became. He found out that wood-burning stoves are among the greatest sources of the most dangerous kind of pollution. Scientists have shown that small particulates given off in wood smoke are increasing our risk of developing serious health problems, including heart and lung disease and dementia. Dirty air is causing tens of thousands of deaths in this country every year, and the problem is getting worse. 
From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, the not-so-cosy truth about wood-burning stoves. George, you're a Guardian columnist and you're known for your environmental activism. It was back in 2008 that you decided to fit your house with not one, but three wood-burning stoves. How much research had you done into wood burners before you went ahead and bought them? The answer is not enough. So part of what I did was write, which was a massive insulation of the home, um, putting in a lot of um, insulation in, in, in the roof cavity, putting in insulation on the walls, and then changing the windows, upgrading them significantly, getting proper draft proofing around the doors. I mean, it was still a pretty rackety house. It was badly built. You know, I'd, I'd looked a lot into home heating. I went along with a broad consensus that it was better to burn wood than to burn fossil fuels. Now, what I wasn't aware of, um, and in fact, very few people were aware of, was the pollution associated with it. I, I was aware that there weren't any perfect options. Home heating is one of the most difficult things to change. And realistically, heat pumps in 2008, they weren't a, a, a viable, affordable option for me. And so I just thought, well, wood seems to be the obvious answer. And the obvious mistake I made was to associate pollution with fossil fuel burning. And we know that pollution and fossil fuel burning are very strongly associated. But then to assume that anything which wasn't fossil fuel burning wasn't a major source of pollution. And we now know that, that while fossil fuels um, are, are definitely uh, a or the major contributor of many sources of pollution, they're by no means the only ones. It is a quandary for people. And as you say, especially in this country where we have this huge stock of drafty Victorian housing to know what the best solution is to heat our homes. And the trouble is loads of our houses are very badly built. In fact, they're still being badly built. And instead of getting them right first time, if the UK is going to meet its obligations under the Climate Change Act, it's going to have to refurbish a whole load of homes which are being built today. It, it's just madness. It's far more expensive and disruptive to refit a house that already exists than to get that house right while you're building it. Damien Carrington, you're the environment editor of The Guardian and you've been studying the evidence that's shown how harmful wood burners are to our health. Tell me about the headline figures. They're pretty startling, I think. So um, just last week, the government in the UK published its uh, latest annual uh, air pollutant figures. Um, and it turns out that um, toxic air pollution from wood burning in UK homes has more than doubled in just the last 10 years. And perhaps even more strikingly, um, wood burning, which is a minority pursuit, not that many people do it. Um, but despite that, the air pollution particles which come from it, more than all of the particles from road transport, more than all of the particles from industry, and more than all the particles from uh, burning wood and other biomass in some power stations to produce electricity. So, um, you know, this kind of relatively 
uh, what, what feels like a small uh, scale activity is actually producing a pretty enormous amount of air pollution. What exactly does burning wood release into the atmosphere then? Well, the short answer is uh, lots of nasties, um, particularly of no, these uh, is what they call particulate matter, so small um, particles um, of pollution, but they also produce uh, carcinogenic chemicals, uh, carbon monoxide, all sorts of things. Um, I mean, just a, a couple of years ago, some scientists uh, worked out that wood burning stoves in urban areas are responsible for about half of people's exposure to cancer causing chemicals. Mm. Um, which is more than, again, that uh, coming from traffic. But the thing that gets the most attention are what are called PM2.5, so that's um, particulate matter under 2.5 microns in uh, size, which is very small, and that's been monitored for a long time and also studied for a long time, and that has really um, bad impacts on health. And why particularly does PM2.5 affect our health? It's the small size, which is the um, the critical part of it. Um, because it's so small, it can get through your lungs and uh, into the bloodstream. And there it can travel around the body and it can cause harm directly, depending on what it's made of, whether the chemicals itself uh, that it's made from are, are problematic for the body, or it can just cause inflammation by being there. Uh, and that, that can be a problem as well. You know, wood smoke produces lots of different things, but um, PM2.5 has been, it's been well studied. Uh, for a long time and it causes all sorts of problems I mean we've known for a long time it it damages hearts and uh, lungs Um, but it's been linked to more and more things from dementia diabetes obesity depression all sorts of things so air pollution is something people are sort of aware of but don't quite realize that the scale of it and, and part of that is because it has a kind of an impact on everybody. So in, in terms of the individual risk increase for I know, heart disease, say, um, it may not be as big as I know, smoking cigarettes or eating badly, but it affects everybody across a whole city. That's the point. And if you think about the way cars are made, there are mechanisms put in place to try and limit uh, how much of those particles can be released into the atmosphere. But how does it work with wood-burning stoves? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, actually, you know, um, despite perhaps what people might think, the, the, the regulation on cars over the last 20 or 30 years has been pretty good at uh, reducing the, the pollution that comes out of um, the exhaust pipes. With uh, wood burning stoves, that's uh, not been the case. So from the start of last year, 2022, the UK government said that anyone burning wood in their homes had to use a so-called eco wood burner. The problem is that um, really they've just gone from being extremely polluting to very polluting. Uh, And so, for example, the uh, eco, so-called eco-approved wood-burning stoves still produce 450 times more pollution than the gas heating, which uh, most people have. Wow. Where in the country or which types of neighbourhoods are particularly being affected by the pollutants from wood-burning stoves then? Yeah, so the the problem is in urban areas, um, and that's because that's, of course, where most people live and that's where most of the wood burners are, and also that's where the population is concentrated, so the the exposure is higher. You know, if you're in a farmhouse burning wood, um, you're not really going to affect uh, any neighbours because you don't have very many. There can be problems with indoor air pollution, but that's a a different debate. Um, I think one of the important things to emphasise about, you know, wood burning, um, in the UK at least, is that it's, it's really is a, a minority pastime. So uh, a survey that was done uh, not that long ago 
found out that it was only about 8% in, of people in the UK burn fuel indoors, uh, solid fuel indoors. Uh, most of those live in urban areas. And really importantly, uh, well over 90% of them had other forms of heating. You know, those who really have to um, are not the problem. It's those who are doing it essentially for aesthetic reasons, which is um, what you know, most wood burners are, are used for. Um, that that uh, survey also found that half of the people burning wood um, indoors were from the top two social classes. So you're saying these are not a necessity and there is a good body of evidence showing the harms of these wood burners. So what are the government doing to try and control their usage? Not nearly enough, in uh, my opinion. So I mentioned that from the start of last year, they did uh, put in regulations which meant that new stoves uh, or new wood burners um, had to meet this so-called eco-design, but they're still vastly more polluting than gas heating. They also uh, did something to address the, the type of wood that you burn. So wet wood or wood that hasn't been dried out properly is, you know, quite a lot more polluting than than dry wood and 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 that's been a regulation in place since may last year i think but again the problem is you're going from something that's extremely polluting to very polluting Uh, the problem is not going to be solved by different stoves or drier wood in cities i think you know given that you're exposing large numbers of people to to very high uh, levels of pollution you know the issue is probably going to be stop using them are scientists saying we just need to stop using them altogether? Yeah, absolutely. If you talk to um, air pollution scientists, people whose uh, job it is to study these things and, and worry about the impact it's having uh, on public health, um, absolutely. In London, Sadiq Khan, the mayor, has passed new planning guidance, which in effect will prevent people from using wood burners in new and refurbished homes. What do you think of that? And do you think it goes far enough, in your opinion? So I think it's a good first step. So, I mean, the thing to bear in mind is that it is quite a politically difficult area because, you know, people do like wood fires. You know, they look nice, they feel nice. People might even think they smell nice if they're not thinking about the pollution that's um, uh, going up their nose. And so I think politicians of all types have found it difficult to, you know, move quickly and talk about banning these things. Never a popular option for a a politician. So um, uh, Siddiq Khan in London, who has actually been really strong on air pollution in in the face of quite a lot of uh, opposition, has started the process is, is I think, how I'd describe it. So for, for large new developments and for refurbishments which are significant enough to require planning permission he's put in place um, air pollution standards which effectively uh, mean that you couldn't have um, a solid fuel burner with a wood stove or something in there but um, I, in my opinion I think it does need to go uh, further than that and I suspect it will do but I suspect that politicians will need to take it uh, gradually over time. George, you've realised the damage that wood burners can cause to the environment now. You've been on quite a journey since you installed those burners in 2008. And you've written an article actually saying that you feel ashamed of it. Why did you decide to do that mea culpa? I, I, I think we just have to be honest about our mistakes, otherwise we can't move on. And, you know, my position is of someone who's always 
drawing attention to the government's mistakes or corporate mistakes, basically to other people's mistakes. But it would be inconsistent if if I wasn't also able to admit my own mistakes. And yeah, I do feel ashamed of it. I feel embarrassed by it, particularly by not thinking it through enough and by not seeing the whole picture. What kinds of responses have you had to that article? It's been quite a big response. Um, Some people are saying well done for acknowledging this. Um, I'm glad it's getting um, getting the recognition it needs. I live next to someone who's um, burning wood all the time and it's absolutely horrible. I'm getting all sorts of health issues as a result of other people's wood burning. Quite a few other people have got really angry about it and are saying, I installed my wood burner in good faith. It doesn't really cause any pollution. You're making it up. It's not true. All, all the usual stuff, really. <laughs> Because this could seem like a very microscopic issue or almost comedic when people see that headline, you know, my wood burner shame. Um, And I know certainly in the right wing press, there have been quite a few articles in recent weeks in defense of wood burners, haven't there? Yeah, I mean, of course, people try to defend their own decisions, their own choices, it's a very common human tendency. Whatever I do is right and whatever I believe is correct. Um, and But we can't move on. We can't grow if we we just constantly engage in justifications rather than um, exploration of our own decisions. Even though it's a very small minority of the population doing this, it has a very big impact on other people perhaps on many millions of people. Um, and, and so we, we can't sort of shunt it off into a box and saying that's too small to, to worry about. Actually, it's, it's, it's a really, really huge issue. George, this isn't just a story about air pollution in fancy areas of cities. These burners are really contributing to the climate crisis more broadly, aren't they? So... There's a whole series of other issues which aren't being fully explored. One is the impact of black carbon, which um, can have quite serious climatic effects. Um, another is the impact on on trees. Now, you know, yes, sure, trees do grow back and they do reabsorb carbon from the atmosphere and they can compensate for the carbon that you release when you're burning wood. But the thing is, we have to act now. If you're, you're releasing carbon today by burning wood, but only years down the line is that carbon reabsorbed by the growing of new wood, then actually you are making a very significant contribution to climate breakdown. It's a real bind for people knowing how to keep their houses warm at the moment, isn't it? I mean, not only because of the cost of living crisis... What's the government doing to incentivise and enable people to keep their homes warm in more environmentally friendly ways? Well, it shouldn't be left to people to have to make these difficult decisions without any help. In Italy, um, there's a scheme which pays people 110% of all the environmental improvements to their homes. So if you fit an an air source heat pump or a ground source heat pump or insulation or triple glazing or all the other things 
required to make your home more environmentally friendly, you get compensated in full and slightly more for your time and trouble to do that. They give you about 50,000 for the insulation. 50,000 euros for insulation? Yeah, for the, um, the windows and the doors uh, you get another I think 45,000. So it's almost 100,000 euros. Yeah, it's almost 100,000 to do this kind of job, yeah. But here, we're just left to our own devices. You know, if we want to do something which is, you know, not just for our benefit, but very much for the benefit of other people as well, well, we have to carry the full cost of that. There might be one or two tiny grants around, but they're so small that they don't really make much of a difference to people's decision-making. And a lot of people still wouldn't be able to afford the changes they might want to make. So yet again, it's being left to this magical abstraction called the market, rather than being driven by government policy. We all have individual responsibilities in the choices that we make about how we heat our homes, as we do with with every decision we make with regards to the environment in our own lives. But you know, it's striking that the major oil and energy companies have posted record results. The energy company BP has reported the second highest profit in its history. It comes on the back of soaring energy prices, which have left consumers facing big increases to their household bills. These are big numbers. And don't forget, these come on the back of last week. We heard from Royal Dutch Shell and they had massive uh, profits too. You know, in the light of that... Is it almost a distraction to be focusing on the wood burners in our own homes? Well, the, these enormous profits undoubtedly are a sign of policy failure. You know, that, that we shouldn't even be having these fossil fuel companies anymore. We should have closed them down or forced them to turn into renewable companies, which they patently haven't despite all their greenwash. And these are massive failures of government policy in the face of... Uh, an, an unprecedented potential catastrophe, the, the collapse of Earth systems. So n- nothing I'm saying should be a distraction from that political battle to put fossil fuel companies back in their box and leave fossil fuels in the ground, which, which is absolutely central to our survival. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't also try to get things right in our own homes and in our own lives. And of course, it's made as difficult as possible for us as a result of the lack of government support and the lack of effective regulation and enforcement. Um, but, you know, that, that still doesn't let us off the hook. It doesn't mean that we can excuse ourselves from moral responsibility for um, the care we owe towards other people and the rest of life on Earth. Coming up. George searches for a more eco-friendly alternative to heat his home. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. George, I know you've moved house um, since you're in the place that had the wood burners and you've learned what's turned out to be an expensive lesson. What kind of heating do you have now? Well, I'm very lucky um, uh, to be living in, in a passive house or something very close to a passive house. And that means it needs absolutely minimal heating because it's it's so well built. Um uh, that means loads of insulation, a um, proper uh, heat exchange ventilation system, um, very well-made windows to an extremely high thermal standard, um, no thermal bridging so that you don't get um, heat being transferred through the walls or the windows or the doors outside. And so what we've got here, it's, it's a rented house, by the way, um, is one very small electric wall heater and two heated towel rails and we scarcely have to use them at all because it's basically our body heat that warms up the house that is our principal heating source is our body heat because it's just so well insulated and it holds on to that heat and we also get um, quite a lot of passive heat um, coming coming through the windows um, from the sun and as most of the electricity comes from solar panels on the roof um, we're, we're hardly requiring any outside source of heat at all. That sounds absolutely wonderful. I mean, when you think about how many rental houses in particular are just so drafty and cold and 
wet and moldy you know to to have a landlord who is actually thinking about that stuff is i mean it should be the standard but it's of course not yeah well it should be standard uh, you know we, we are extremely lucky and we had to wait a long time for this to come up uh you know we're really really fortunate to, to be able to, to 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 move into it but it should be what everybody has and in fact you can i mean it is more expensive and more difficult but you can retrofit houses to something close to passive house standard none of us should be left with these massive heating bills which so many people are struggling to pay and at the same time none of us should be being forced effectively to contribute to climate breakdown by having to burn so much fuel whether it's wood or fossil fuels in order to keep warm but it's because our houses are built so badly that we are forced into these bad decisions. George, thank you so much. Thanks, Hannah. That's my pleasure. Thank you. That was George Monbiot, and before him, Damien Carrington. Keep up with their work at theguardian.com. Today's episode was produced by Lucy Hoff and sound designed by Solomon King. The executive producers are Phil Maynard and Hummer Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.